Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. She Slayers. Uh, this is another episode of She Slays the Day, and we are recording this on March 26th because all of the content that I had prepped for March doesn't talk about coronavirus, and that would just seem weird and irrelevant. So I um, thought about like some you know, content that would actually be helpful, some things that I'm personally going through. And so I reached out to a good friend who you guys have all met a couple times, Megan Sandby from episode 10. Hey, Megan. You can say hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Were you waiting for the thanks for being on the show, Megan? No, I went a little bit. I was like, oh man, how do I respond? Now think of something clever. <laughs> no. So um, Megan is, Megan and I are going to have a conversation around kind of keeping your self-care routine during this time where there's so many changing factors and you might just want to say who gives a fuck. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking for them. Obviously I am being amazing. Uh, of course, everybody is. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's being great. We're all asking hypothetical questions about yep, like, just well, in case. So back to that, how is egg safe in cookie dough thing? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Just um, somebody might ask. Right. So if you haven't listened to episode 10 yet, um, it's called the path to self-love and Megan was on there and we're doing a one-on-one coaching session. So Megan is a personal health and mindset coach. Um, and she gets random texts from me, um, talking me down from the scale and all sorts of things. Um, and I have friends and patients who, I've reached out to you and just absolutely love you. Like you have a podcast. Um, oh my gosh. What's it it's called? Fit fit and fierce. Fierce. Yep. With the little Amber Sandy sign thing. Yeah. Uh, so the yep. Fit and Fierce podcast is awesome. And our lives just kind of merge multiple times a year um, because I just really value your message and it resonates with me. And I'm like, I'm going to do what I want and bring on who I want. So I'm bringing on Megan again. <laughs> This is why you have a podcast. Like we yeah. already said, we don't I have to show up and look, we can look like beautiful piles of crap. Yeah. If you and saw us right now, we look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to. I was saying a couple days ago, um, I thought prior to all of this, I had issues with like motivating to like get up and look like a real presentable human. Now this is just a whole new level. I have a like validating excuse not to have it really bad the meme that keeps going around that 
resonates a little too close to home is the like try on real pants every couple of days to make sure they still fit your your stretchy pants will tell you all is right in the kingdom and I'm like last night now it doesn't help that I'm menstruating this week and so that's what I tell myself but I told Kirby I had to take off my yoga pants and I just sat on the couch in underwear and a top like I Winnie the Pooh it because he's like are you hot and I was like, no, my stretchy pants feel too tight. <laughs> he's like, oh, and he's so sweet. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. So, um, okay, I'm going to pray before we get into all of this because. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Okay. Uh, dear God, thank you so much for Megan, just in my life um, and the message that she has and the platform that you've given her to impact so many women um, with such with such beautiful words um, and her experience. Thank you for both of our vulnerability um, in allowing us to just be real, real today talking about this because um, there's a lot of women going through, women and men going through just chaos in life. And the more they grasp for control and refuse to surrender to what is going on, uh, the messier this gets. And so I believe that you bring people together like this in for conversations to help heal and move the needle, not to fix everything. We're not going to heal the world and what's going on in this, but to like give people that sense that they, they don't have control, but neither do we. And, you know, any sense of healing that they can get from that. So uh, thank you for whatever beautifulness you're going to bring out of this mess. And uh, in your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So when I had to look back and I was like, okay, what episode did I have Megan on? Oh, episode 10. Like, wow, that was a long time ago. And like thinking about the conversations we had, I'm like, shit. If anybody listens to episode 10, right after this one, they're going to be like, has Lauren evolved at all in six months? Like, has she grown as a person? Is she still a crazy person? And I think the question is yes. And um, or the answer is yes. It can always be both. That has what I've decided in 2020. You can be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's not as like, it's not as easy. It's not as linear as like, I am, but like, of course I'm better than that, but there's kind of this default programming that like, we like to think we've have all this control over and like, well, if I was really better, it's like in my mind, I was really better. This chaos wouldn't be, this wouldn't affect me at all. And you know, it's like at all, like Mm -hmm. that's my level of like, have I evolved enough that like I am untouchable by the fucking coronavirus chaos that's going on. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of a high bar to set. So, and also to be fair, something nobody has ever experienced before. So how can we say like, yes, we've been under stress. Like, yes, we've had things come up in our life, but how can we honestly say this one, this shouldn't impact me. I've never fucking had any clue of what this life is. Nobody has. Mm -mm. So how do I even know how to manage that? And why do I think that I have to like walk into it and have everything figured out? It's just not possible. No. And like for both of us, um, I forget how old you are. You're 30, 34. Okay. And so we were both like either college students or barely in the profession when 
the 2008 economic crisis happened. Like, you know, it's not like we lost, you know, like, did you own a house back then? Like, no. So like nope. I had just entered chiropractic school. So I was just like, Ugh, sounds like it's bad out there to be adulting. And then we were both in high school or middle school uh, for 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, the previous like kind of like, holy cow, the world is shutting down and or America's shutting down and it's freaked out. So this is kind of the first time that I'm an adult and having to like, you know, make sure that my kids are like, you know, not freaked out by this and that my employees are not freaked out by this. And so it's funny. It's funny, the response. So there's a lot of layers. There's so many layers to adulting. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Yeah. Okay. So my main question Mm -hmm. is how do I become someone who doesn't eat while stressed? (laughs) Mm. I'm joking. How do I become kind of, perfect at it? Kind of. But you know these people, right? That oh, they're yeah. like, oh my God, I don't know if I've really eaten in the last three days. And I'm like, you're serious? And they're like, yeah, Doesn't, I can't. Not a world I can even no. comprehend. Ever. And I know, I know, okay, we'll insert like the medical advice here that like, I actually understand that that is a serious thing. Yes, I'm not trying to make light of it. But let's be honest, in the end, we're going to be popped out like July 1st from all this mess. And they're going to look rocking in a swimming suit. And I'm going to be like, Corona hit me. Yeah, no, I get it. And it's, I think that goes to show too of that thing of if if you're not on the same wavelength as somebody, it is really hard for somebody to understand. So for everybody out there that's listening, that is like feverishly agreeing with us, like this is for you ladies and gentlemen or whoever it is, but like, we get it. Mm -hmm. We get it. Yep. Totally. And then for those of you not eating, like just maybe stick to like high nutrient dense foods. Eat eat one smoothie a day, maybe some almond butter and avocado. You'll survive through this. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so then I also want, before we like jump into like numbing and all of that and all the self-care, because my real question is like, how are we supposed to prioritize self-care through this? What does Mm -hmm. that look like? Um, I believe in like giving real, like, I think when we started talking, I gave everybody in episode 10, like, all right, so here's the deal. I am five, eight. I weigh this because people just want to know like, okay, how bad actually like, tell me the honest thing. Yep. So although I have not taken down a tube of cookie dough, although I've like joked about it. Win. Right. Win. So can we celebrate that? Yeah. But that's only because like, I'm like, Kirby, don't buy the cookie dough. Don't buy it. If it's in the house, it'll happen. Last night, Kirby and I did take down the end of a bag of Oreos, box of Oreos, whatever, and like a small bag of Doritos. So like, I'm not exactly on like a good level, but I haven't taken down an entire tube. And there were only like 12-ish Oreos in the bag. And it was a small bag, not like a teeny bag, but like not the giant bag. So like, and wine starts flowing pretty much the moment I get home. I got home last night and I just kind of come home now with this like, oh my God, (laughs) like I survived another day thing. And last night, Kirby's like, you want a glass of wine? I'm like, no, I'm going to drink some water first. So it waited until like 6.30 last night. But like, yeah, that's kind of what's been going on in the Brunswick household. Mm -hmm. 
And we've kind First of, just- of all, I mean, you bring up so many positive things of just saying, okay, I'm actually, this is where I can say whatever happened on episode 10 to whatever happening today in March is so different. And this is your, and because you're aware of that, you can say, I'm using these things to numb mm-hmm. and we need to deal with our emotions. The worst thing all of us can be doing right now is suppressing what we're feeling. Guess what? It is a hundred percent to okay. Okay. To feel whatever you are feeling. If that's anger, if that's scared, if that's scarcity, if that's dep- whatever it is, we, the, we're going to be so much worse off the more that we put ourselves in a container and say, I don't have to feel this, or I'm just going to use something to numb it. We can say, okay, yes, I am using to numb this. That's one coping mechanism that I have. But what else do I have in my toolbox? Because that's not going to help me in the long run either to just rely on those pieces. Yeah. And we did, we did have this conversation last week, uh, Curve and I did, where I was uh, about consciously numbing. I said like, Mm -hmm. this has got to count for something. We are both very aware that our eating and drinking has been amped up a level. So it's not like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just like, uh, I don't know why I'm eating so much. Like, it's like, oh no, I am stress coping. So then is the next level actually feeling the feelings instead of eating the chips? Like, is that like- yeah, I'm mean, honestly the next level it honest comes along with awareness. So that is hugely number one. And then what we do is we start to kind of put in some pattern interrupts in it's noticing, it's being aware, and then it's doing little tiny shifts to change that pathway in that brain. Instead of I'm stressed, I numb, you did it last night without even knowing it. I came home, the wine starts flowing. No. Last night I came home and I had to give myself some water and then the wine happened. Whatever we are doing our pattern interrupt for, if it is whatever, if it is eating, if it is a certain food or wine, whatever, it's not ever telling ourselves that we can't have that. That's only going to make it worse. That's a whole level of restriction that just blows up. So it's saying, I'm going to do something else instead to break my pattern. And then I give myself full permission to have whatever it is that I'm wanting, that cookie dough, those Oreos, that wine. But when I do it, I have to be very mindful and present when I'm doing it. And that's the other thing that we tend to not do in that emotional space. So like you can eat the Doritos, you're consciously aware that like, I normally would never eat Doritos at nine o'clock at night. We don't even own Doritos most of the time, but, but to like eat the Doritos, like yeah. to be present, like down. I am tasting these Doritos. Yes. Like if I'm going to numb or cope, I, I think I should mm-hmm. probably use the word cope because yeah. numbing kind of has like this unconsciousness to it. Right. Well, um, and ultimately, why did you want them? Because like, I was stressed why I don't know why do we I want to talk about more pattern interrupts but like why do do you have any idea why do we want food why is it mm-hmm. food instead of feelings like why why isn't it exercise and that's we had talked about the difference of some you know people who rely on food and other people who are like I can't like I can't eat I'm going to do something and maybe it is healthy just because it's exercise doesn't mean it's 
healthy either. I've been in that space too. So whatever tool we are using to cope and numb has a very fine line of being helpful and being something that can be addictive or being destructive to us. But somewhere you said, why do we rely on food? It's going back to that pattern, pattern interrupt somewhere at some point in time in our life, we had a bad day. You were a kid. You had a bad feeling. You sat down after school and had a good conversation with your mom. And by chance, you were eating Doritos. They have nothing to do with each other. Nothing. But your brain is hardwired for pleasure. So it says, hey, I was sad. I had this Dorito. That made me feel good. Even though it actually didn't, it was the conversation you had with your mom. Now the brain says, when I'm sad, I want pleasure. I'm going to do this. Well, and how, oh my gosh, how many times do, like, I don't really remember specifics for me as a child, but like, you know, if my kids had a really hard day, you know, like somebody was kind of being a bully, like, let's go grab some ice cream, honey. Like one on one time, like mom will take you to grab some ice cream or like, oh, I'll, I made you your favorite meal for your birthday. Like yeah. we use food so much to show love as mm-hmm. parents and spouses. Like, and so it, it, I guess it, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, shout out to my wonderful parents, but good God, food is like their love language. And I, like, <laughs> just like, you just have to stop. Like <laughs> I'm an adult now. Like I just like, uh, please just stop. Stop. <laughs> It is. And it's something that we as in cultures, food is celebrated. Like there's certain foods that we think of for certain things. It just, that's why it can't be good or bad. It's just a piece of it. But we have to know why we are choosing that action and take control over our choices versus just mindlessly going for something, thinking it's going to help when it is not what is going to help. Um, so you pointed out that the like, wait, I'm going to drink water before I pour wine. That's a version of a pattern interrupt. Can you give a couple more examples of like, totally like, did they always have to be before? Like, yeah. So that's one thing when this is a big, big piece, um, with my one-on-one clients that we talk about because emotional eating tends to be hardwired in most of the women that I work with. And that can be stress eating, that alcohol can be in a larger scale of binge eating or however that looks like for them. But basically, when any time we have a pattern interrupt, it's noticing, okay, I have this thought or I have this emotion that I want to reach towards something, whatever my triggering food, mine's peanut butter. So it's like, I'm stressed, I want to eat peanut butter. It is happening before. It's saying, okay, I know that I want to have this. What is something easy and accessible that I can do. Don't say I'm going to sit down and paint for 45 minutes unless you have paints, you have an easel set up. Like you have something that's pretty as easily accessible as grabbing that peanut butter out of the jar, your pattern interrupt better be. Yours was simple. Okay, so I'm gonna have water first. Great. So I'm gonna go it is like delaying it. Yes. Yeah. Like I am gonna have the monster but first I have to do this. Yes. Yeah. And saying, and really mindfully in that space saying, I'm just pushing this out a little bit. I can, I give myself full permission to do whatever I want after it. But if it is eating, if it is having a glass of wine, like you said, 
you better put it in a bowl if it's food. You better sit down at the counter without your phone, without any distractions. You better taste it. You better do, because really what you're looking for is pleasure. And if we're mindlessly eating or chugging a glass of wine, we're not getting pleasure in that. That's numbing. Mm -hmm. But if we can show ourselves brain, you can get pleasure from this, but you have to slow it down and be mindful. Then we're using a tool successfully to make ourselves feel better. So you don't put like a cap on the amount. You're just like, okay, monster, you can like... So you don't put rules around like, okay, you can have the cookie dough, but you only can have half a tube. Does that feel restrictive though? Well, I mean, it seems like a hell, it kind of seems restrictive. Like I tell my children, they can't run in the street. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, but. More of know. like a boundary instead yeah. of a hard rule. Yeah. So maybe for you, that would fit better. I think everybody individually has to find what fits best for them. I, you could say, I'm going to have my actual serving. I'm going to taste it. And I better check in with myself. Am I tasting it? Am I smelling it? Am I enjoying it? And if I'm not enjoying it, do I need more? Because more is not going to make me enjoy it anymore. Right. And then maybe do another pattern interrupt. Say, okay. Nothing is off limits, but maybe I need to go and eat some green beans and some dinner and some whatever. Maybe I need to do another pattern interrupt. And if I want, I can go back and have something else as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I was listening to, gosh, I don't even know what podcast. It might be the You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes or something. But he was talking about... um, how he read this book that talked about like overeating and over drinking and it kind of referenced that like person or whatever inside of us that's like yeah have another drink yeah mm-hmm. eat the whole bag same so thing like he's like however the book was it laid out that like that person does not care about your tomorrow your overwhel- your overall being like it is just pure ego in that moment of like pleasure seeking and it does mm-hmm. not care about your health your family your goals your life at all it just cares about like self indulgence so i'm thinking about like naming mine <laughs> like sometimes it's really helpful it is to be like hey uh listen bitch you're not helping yeah but with the pattern interrupt it's almost like forcing a conversation between the two of like okay we'll name her felicia like okay felicia i get that you're gonna get your peanut butter but Mm -hmm. first we're gonna have lauren act like a normal human and eat some dinner with her family and then you can have your peanut butter and then like and then you kind of realize it's kind of that realization of like, oh, for a moment I had to like address like a certain part of me that I'm going to feed metaphorically and literally um, in a bit. And then it's kind of like, oh, that's weird. Like, and then you just start realizing like this bigger thing of like, oh, I'm not in control. Like, so I can see where you, the headspace of the pattern interrupt actually forces you being like, okay, you can have a second helping but why do you want it and all that stuff? And like, mm-hmm. I'll think it's like, just time. It's just like giving yourself some time and space because for me, when I am eating out of a place to numb or stressed or emotional, it's just like feverish. Like 
There's no stopping. There's no justification. There's no breathing. It's just like, pound it, pound it down. And then it's like, well, God, what? Like I could still eat it, but can I slow down a little bit? Can I think about what I'm doing? And that's just that level of awareness for yourself that you have. I mean, that's the growth that you've had, Lauren, from episode 10 until now. It's just, okay, I'm a lot more aware of it. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not doing it. I still default to those patterns. But and sometimes I'm like, yep, I'm emotional eating as I'm doing it. I'm like, whatever. But I'm aware of it. I can actually see it instead of it just being something I'm doing. Yep. Yeah. And they're like that person, they just don't give a fuck. Like it is so crazy. You know, so one of the things that I've definitely um, recognized is when I am restricting. So like lately I've just been really digging like um, eggs in the morning, you know? And like, so like I start the day, I don't even like creamer in my coffee and I'm not doing it from a restrictive standpoint, but I start the day like, whoo, okay. So last night I got a little out of hand and I know I, I can eat a donut if I want to, but I legit mm-hmm. don't want to. And so I start with this like very reasonable person and I'm like, tonight it's not going to happen again. And then I get to that like five, three o'clock time slot. Thank God I'm still adjusting. Cause like, I don't know people who are staying home, how you're not starting to drink in the beginning of the day. Like, so I'm like, okay, no, can't drink. Got to go adjust people. And then, you know, I get home and I'm just like, that person just doesn't give the fucks that mm-hmm. I do. And so pattern interrupt, just, I don't know, tell Felicia to well, step and. You bring up a totally other space too that we haven't touched on that's really interesting is this conversation that we have in ourselves and how we're setting ourselves up to fail immediately. And we don't even know that we're doing it. Like we are the worst self-sabotagers of all time for ourselves is saying like, all right, okay, so yesterday didn't go as planned, but like, I'm going to be good today. And then the whole day, the whole day, even though you're trying to do something good in the back of your mind, you are thinking about how you are not going to mess up, quote unquote, at the end of the day. So that's subconsciously the conversation that we're feeding instead of like, hey, today's going to be awesome. And like, I had a great breakfast. I'm going to go adjust. And then when I get home, well, you're going to see what happens. Totally different subconscious thoughts than like, what do I have to do so I don't mess up again? What do I have to do so tonight goes well? Oh my gosh, it's going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad. Nighttime's bad. I better be good right now. I'm manifesting. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm labeling that behavior as bad. And I'm not supposed to do that. I remember that. Like, it's like, look at that. Yeah. um, Because, yeah. Okay. No, this is, this is good. Okay. So we talked a lot about food. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about, (laughs) because it's me and you. Well, Um, well. other like forms of self care and like, how is this looking like, how is this supposed to look like for people? Like, are they falling off the bandwagon? Like, is that labeling it as bad? Like, let's talk about more than just food. Mm -hmm. I think a huge thing too, is that we all have to sit back and realize of great. This is a season of our life. As we talked about in the beginning, this is untouched territory for all of us, I'm assuming, or for 99% of the people. So guess what? Whatever happens, that's a phase in our life. And it does not mean that it has to continue when this is done. So being mindful of that too, of just saying, if things aren't going perfectly right now, 
I'm just going to sit and accept. You said it in your prayer. Like, we don't have to control it. We're going to sit and accept and surrender into this space and worry about whatever is outside of this space when we pop out of our homes in July. So Um, do you, most people do not feel like working out right now. And then like my gym got closed, which I'm like, well, if that's not a sign from God, then I'm just kidding. Um, I'm very grateful to be a runner at this point in time. Yes. But like, so are you saying that you recommend if you don't feel like working out, don't? I think you have to have a very honest conversation. I think you have two things. I think you have to have a very honest conversation with yourself. You have to call it your own bullshit and say, am I saying I don't want to work out? Because guess what? Like I found myself in a space of like, I'm still working out because that feels good to me, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing things very, very differently. And actually I'm like, I'm kind of excited to do it different because truth be told, I was kind of hauling my ass to the gym, doing the motions and like not really into it the last couple of months. So like, what a really cool opportunity to try something different. Um, For me, that's how it fits. But also for somebody too, I think you like, guess what? You're not going to feel good if you sit around. You're just, you're not. But does that mean that you have to do your full routine? No. Can you go out for a walk? Can you do some online yoga? I've seen more online options for working out in my life than I ever have before. Yep. So I think, I think you have to be really honest with yourself and realize what is beneficial for you. And if it doesn't work, then we lead with the grace and the compassion of like, okay, so this didn't go as planned. Fine. But what do I need to do going forward? Yep. Do you have hacks like on days? Okay. So you've had this conversation and you're like, you know, you're going to feel better when you work out. You know this. Um, Actually, some of this whole, like in the last two weeks, some of the moments where I was at my worst. I just went for a run and, you know, mid run, I'm just like, oh, yes. You just like blast that music. And it's like, this, this mm-hmm. is everything. And then I told Kirby, like, I'm just going to leave my running clothes on. Maybe I'll just like go for a run. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. That was a cute <laughs> thought that I thought, like, yeah. I'll just put on running clothes every morning. And like, if I start getting stressed, I'll just find like a mile and a half like loop and I'll just go for a run. And he's like, that's a great idea. I, yeah. That's yeah. So in theory, I know, I know I'll feel better if I do the thing. So you're at that point, you've had the conversation. Do you have hacks for like literally getting yourself from like, you know, you're going to feel better if you work out to actually working out? I think the biggest thing for all of us right now in, in working out falls into this huge, but for everything, make a routine. B is a routine. We are creatures of habit. I bet if you were somebody who worked out before you went to work prior to this, it was really hard for you to get, you know, it was just part of your regular routine. Or if you worked out on your lunch hour, or if you met a group at 5 p.m., where can you pull in that routine and keep some kind of structure? Working from home, being stuck at home, all this, it's really, we are creatures of habit and structure, and it's so hard when we're out of that. So find something for yourself. That makes total sense because like when you're, I'm probably just going to repeat what you just said, but like, yeah. So most of us were leaving the house. We, mm-hmm. we had it figured out in our life. Like I worked out Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6am and then I got showered quick, got the kids ready, dropped them off, went to work, came home from work, 
took my makeup off, cleaned my face, cooked dinner, cleaned the kitchen, put the kids to bed. Like, and we did this thing. And now it's just like, I don't know. I don't have to wake the kids up because they don't really have to be to school. And why would I put on makeup? And like, not saying that that should be a part of the routine, but we're kind of just what I've been experiencing. So like, I'm a big physical planner. Like, uh, like I have a physical planner. I, I love my well. planner. Yep. I have Erin Condren this year. People are going to be upset by this, but it's not as good as the passion planner. I'm very sorry. You know what I might do? Cause those things are damn 50 bucks. So you kind of like make a commitment. I might just, when kind of the dust settles from this, like, uh, what's the, like ceremoniously get rid of my Erin Condren planner there and just go. buy a brand new passion planner. Your reward to yourself for surviving. Like 2020 is going to be starting over <laughs> June 1st or July a new one. New planner. Anyways, um, so that is a part of like, I think I did an entire episode about this where on like Sunday, it's very like, I, I have colors and I do this thing. Now, the last two weeks, I'm like, I I don't even know. I can only tackle one day at a time because I don't know what fires I'm going to need to put out. I don't even know if chiropractic, I mean, now we do know chiropractic, at least for the short term, is going to be still open. But it's like, I don't know, what what kind of rules are they going to pass that's going to affect? And so I haven't been doing my planner. And so therefore, workouts, I, like that was a big part of me of like, okay, I'm going to work out at 6 a.m. that day because I have meetings to rest, but I'll work out on my lunch hour that day and at 8 a.m. that day. And mm-hmm. so like, now we have to kind of figure out a plan, mm-hmm. like a new plan. Like now that we kind of know, like, okay, at least until April 24th, this is going to be kind of what it is. It may go longer, but like, what is your Monday through Friday going to look like? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and their accountability can be in that too. I actually have somebody that I love and she is not great. She wants like, I want, she's committed. She's like, I'm going to get a morning routine and I'm going to do all this. And she hates it. So she has contacted people and they are her accountability people. And she like has a contract with them that she's going to pay them money for every day that she doesn't do what she said she was going to do. And she was like, I don't want to pay somebody 10 bucks because I hit snooze three times and didn't get up and do what I wanted to do. So damn, I'm going to do that it. Feeling you're feeling so like kind of to tether it to like, I mean, I guess if that's a perpetual problem, but it's like, also, what if she just needs to rest right now? Mm-hmm. So like, why does she feel the need to wake up at 5 a.m. like and do things that she doesn't want to do? Like, so it, I, I'm honestly talking out loud and I'm not judging because I'm like trying to get somewhere in my own head. So like, yeah, I wish that I spent time doing my devotion and reading and praying in the morning kind of first thing or honestly even like just reading a book a mm-hmm. fiction book I don't care like I wish that that's what I spent my morning doing but what ends up happening is I end up like on the New York Post and on Instagram and on Facebook and in my inbox and like I spend that time, but like, I don't know if it seems weird to be like, all right, Kirby, well, not Kirby, somebody else, I'm going to give you $5 if I, if you reach out to me at nine o'clock and I haven't done my meditation and prayer. Like, I don't know. Like, do you really want to spend time with Jesus? If, if you have to like, if, if it's forced, you know, like, but I guess I would do it. 
I think that's everybody's individual thing. And then, so yours, we can attach it to training for a run. Like ultimately that's basically what you do when you sign up for a half marathon, kind of in your own way of saying like, well, crap, I better do my long run. Yeah, because I would never do 10 mile runs. I don't like 10 mile runs. Like every time I finish a race, I say like, I'm so proud of myself. I'm going to keep this up and do one long run every week. Fuck no, I don't do that. I know, I do too. (laughs) Four sounds a lot better than 10. Mm -hmm. So I'm not running. Okay, that is a very... Because for you, that fits. For her, that was something else. And I think for everybody, then they have to find individually what is that, what is that space for them? And how does that, what do they really want, truly want, because it feels Mm -hmm. good and it will give them something back. Because I do truly, okay, it's about like, what do you need to do to be disciplined? Yep, yep, for you. Yep. And also then saying there, maybe that doesn't have to be every day. You don't do a long run every day, but having some parameter with what you're doing. Okay, for everybody who's struggling working out, can you say there have to be, for me or whatever that is, for me, it feels good to do commit to three days a week. Mm-hmm. I can pop them in any day. But what is my, not consequence, I don't like that word, but what is the repercussion if I don't do them? Is it because I was tired and I needed sleep or was it because I stayed up all night binge watching Netflix and I didn't want to do stuff? Right. So I don't know if we did answer the question though, like, okay, so I know I want to work out three times a week. I know I'll feel better if I work out. Do you like do the fake it till you make it like, okay, I am putting on. So like right now I'm supposed to go for a run after and it's beautiful out. So I'm kind of excited about it, but there's still a part of me that would rather just sit and watch frozen two again. Um, and so I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I had to put on clothes for this interview. <laughs> these are clothes. I put on, I chose these clothes for you. And I'm like, well, I'm going to put on a sports bra. Like I'm going to put on my workout clothes. Um, yep. So I am one step closer. So then all I have to do is pop the headphones in and put the shoes on. But there are days where I put on the workout clothes and they come off at the end of the day and they did not get worked out in. That hack didn't work. So this is, so one of my biggest hacks that I have everybody do when they say that they have a goal is we break that down into the most minute way to win your goal. Because if you're, if you're saying, okay, I'm here, I'm going to work out five days a week and that's new to you, or that's not realistic for you right now, you're setting yourself up to fail by setting yourself up with something that is not truly attainable for you. Mm-hmm. And then that is that rewiring of that brain. Like it all comes back to that brain saying like, I told you, you weren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, here we go again. Here's proof again that she said it again. This week so, is going to be better than last week. Yes. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So then it's really saying to yourself, truly, what is the tiniest thing that you can do to win that goal? Maybe your goal for your week is three days a week. I'm going to go and I'm going to put my shoes on and I'm going to walk for one minute. I don't even care. Like, literally, all you have to tell yourself is I'm going to do one minute. Then if you do one minute, guess what? You crushed it. Mm-hmm. And if you did 10 minutes or 30 minutes, now you're an overachiever instead of failing. Like I bet you can do something for one minute. Like that opened my eyes when somebody said something to me, like I'm, I commit to myself, I'm going to floss one tooth. Well, I bet when you get your damn floss out and you do one tooth, 
you're just going to do the I'm rest really of them. I don't floss. You, that, and I think of that too, when I floss, I'm like, I just have to do one. Like I honestly, like my goal is to floss one, two. Well, you're not going to do one. Mm-hmm. And if you do, guess what? You won. You won. All you said. You does feel, there is such a different mindset of, cause I worry like on the day where I would actually do one minute and I'm like, there, I did it. I feel like I would still beat myself up of like, yeah, but you actually set that goal anticipating you were going to overachieve. Well, then maybe your goal needs to be five minutes. Oh, okay. Maybe it needs to be 10. Maybe it needs to be, you know, like something that is actually like not bottom of the barrel attainable, but like like, drop that standard and expectation of ourselves. Yep. Where it's like, Hey, you know, like, okay. Yep. That makes sense. I like that a lot. Um, Back to the feelings. Yeah. Do you feel feelings? What's your Enneagram? Um, okay. We need to have a conversation. I never remember. I'm oh. And every time we talk about this, I was like, my Enneagram people are going to come at me. I am. No, I am the one that needs a ton of, that is rooted everything in safety and security. Like every single thing I do. I think that's a six. I think it's it's a higher number. <laughs> no, the numbers don't mean anything good or bad. So no, like, I know, but like, no, not higher number than that. But like, I think it's like a closer to a nine. Like, okay. it's like that okay. higher number. Yeah, I everything totally, I need is safety and security. Yep. Um, I bet. Yeah, I could. See and that. I was really pissed because I was like, well, I should be the one that's a perfectionist. <laughs> oh my god okay everybody does that with an enneagram um where they're like oh i don't want to be this one i want to be that one so like, that's not me. true and then yeah. i was like oh it is yeah okay so we'll just kind of assume that you're a six for this um sixes i think kind of feel feelings but like is it easier like you kind of talk in the beginning about like the, a lot of this comes back to like we do these things because we don't want to feel feelings so mm-hmm. we're seeking pleasure instead of sitting and crying I would again this goes to like my conscious brain goes like oh I would rather cry than consume 400 calories right now like but it doesn't work I can't no. get I don't feel the like, how are there feelings inside of me that I'm like, no, I'll feel them. I, I'll feel them. Like, I would rather feel them than like binge eat right now. But they're like, they're not there. Because then we just don't really want to feel it. Like, ultimately, in the same way that I wanted my Enneagram to be another number, like, that's just not it. We can talk a good game. Being aware, growing that level of awareness is huge. I hate my own feelings. I hate them. And there's been a lot of therapy to work me through that that's not a great way to deal with life. Um, and it's, it's helpful. But sometimes I think, for me, I guess I'll say, I'm very rooted in certain feelings that kind of tend to be the driver of a lot. Like I said, I need safety, I need security. Like fear is a huge, huge one of my feelings that I will do anything to just, not sit in or to not be, but I know that's a driver of mine. 
Yeah. Oh, so like we just tied, boom, we are the greatest podcast ever. We just tied so many conversations together with the Enneagram. A lot of like the basic, like when you're describing it, each of the nine types are like, it's basically what your underlying root fear is. Mm -hmm. So for me, Okay, so I just said like, well, I'd rather cry than eat peanut butter, yet I want to eat peanut butter. It's not that for me, like sadness isn't the emotion. It's I would have to sit in the fear that everything I built for the last 33 years might fail. Mm -hmm. And it might in six months, three months be nothing. Well, I mean, I'll still have my chiropractic degree, hopefully. <laughs> like, you know, okay, yep. and my children and my husband. But like, but in, in a non-logical like, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my business, my success. Yep. Like, um, and that's where an evolved three would be like, but what really is success? And I'd be like, oh yeah, my family. Okay. So even in my head, I'm like kind of bouncing between them. Totally. But like the like raw part of me is like, no, the feeling isn't like, I'm sad tonight that I would have to process. I would have to sit and process like, why you want to emotionally eat is because your underlying fear is not being successful in life. And if something, air quotes everybody who can't see this, as simple as coronavirus Mm -hmm. could take down everything you've spent the last 10 years of your profession and career building, are you really successful? Mm -hmm. And that does make me want to cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm looking at the like emotion of like, well, I'll just cry then fine. I'll just cry and I'll feel better. And it's like, you might, if you actually address the underlying thing that would make you cry. That's like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so are you being perfect? <laughs> no. I thought I was mental health and mindset. I mean, yeah, I've totally have it. Um, no, I'm not. And it was so funny because actually the same conversation that I walked you through, I had to have with myself of like, I am hanging with my family. So a different scenario. And that used to be a really, really, really dark and triggering space for me. Um, and so the first few days I was like, wow, like you're doing good. Like you're just like going about your normal routine. Like you're not triggered with anything. And the more I kept saying that, and the more I kept saying that, then yesterday I was like, I'm going to just eat all the things and like, I'm going to do all the stuff. And then last night I was like, well, yeah, cause you built it up in your head. Like you were going along fine till you started you calling eating. it good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's me being <laughs> good behavior. is not bad behavior. It's yeah. just is. Yep. All right. So I hate this question. Um, but what is kind of like your piece of advice for us um, when it comes to this health and mindset over the next month or two? Mm-hmm. I think be aware of what you are feeling and do not suppress what you are feeling and give yourself slow down, breathe. We again get in that feverish state over and over and over again of just go and anxiety, and that just builds and builds and builds. So just slow the fuck down, take a breath, and come back to what what in your life makes you feel grounded, what makes you feel centered, and what makes you feel normal. And do that, do that. That is important. Like if you're going to do anything for self care, you figure out what in your life 
is your, your grounding, your roots, and you better be doing that. I love it. Tell people where they can find you and get more of you. Yeah, they can find me on Instagram. It's fit and fierce, all one word, but it's two T's. So F I T T A N D F I E R C. Um, and I always, I'm like, Oh, I hope I'm selling that right. Oh, uh, you'd think I would know it by now. And then my podcast is fit and fierce. And that's where every major podcast can be heard and listened to these days. Awesome. Yeah. Megan, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Um, I know everything is very chaotic and I, I really do truly appreciate it. Um, every time I talk with you, uh, you just, you have such a real, take on things like you blend well uh, the woo-woo like you're you're like my soul sister because it's like you get in this woo-woo but like also like you say fuck and so I I just really appreciate you um, well thank you and same to you and thank you for one non-stop giving me a platform to <laughs> share I appreciate that um and the same and for the messaging that you're giving to people and more than anything Lauren for actually showing up and being raw and vulnerable because it's icky and that doesn't feel good, but that's why people love you and are drawn to you because it's no bullshit and it, that's who it is and that's how life is. So thank you for that too. You're so sweet. All right, she slayers. So there you go. Pattern interrupts, love yourself, find something that like works Set small, reasonable goals. Um, reach out to Megan. If you have questions, she's so helpful. It's so amazing. Um, she's currently apparently living at her parents for a short amount of time. So you've got yeah. a short window. Where like, she- all of you. Oh no, you will listen to this on Sunday. Like you could come move my stuff for me if you would want to. Yeah. Um, but she's no, moving okay. out of her parents. There's a deadline. Don't worry. There, Saturday. So if you guys are free Sunday and want to come, help me rearrange stuff come on over um all right cheese layers until next week love you all so much bye Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love sked has exactly what you're looking for they will automate all your appointment reminders missed appointment reminders reactivation campaigns allow you to have two-way texting with your patients Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. Sked was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCAD because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.